Hey, Midas Touch is live right now. Ex Manhattan DA prosecutor. Uh, Midas Touch. I, I don't know. I just, the whole thing to me is. Reveals is all just about coming really indictment of Donald Trump. And, and now, like I said. patreon.com slash five minute news joining us today is the former chief assistant district attorney of the manhattan da's office and co-host of the legal af podcast karen friedman agnifilo karen welcome back to the weekend show thank you thank you for having me uh, uh you must be pretty busy at the moment um even though you're not in the da's office anymore you have knowledge you have connections and you have instinct and that's really what I'm kind of interested to kind of tap into today. Um, Donald Trump said or told his base uh, last Saturday that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday. Smiley face. Day. Turned out that was a lie. Everybody fell for it. Media fell for it. His base fell for it. There was about six people protesting outside Trump Tower. Um, it's turning out now that... Even just saying that and pushing for his uh, Republican friends to write a letter to Alvin Bragg, kind of say what you're doing is unconstitutional and we want more information, that in itself could be a crime in, in New York State. Is that right? Well, if, you know, potentially, yes, I guess it could be. Um, it's, you know, he's what he, t what he tweeted on the 24th on Friday. Uh, about, you know, there's going to be death and destruction. I mean, that's like a clarion call for mayhem. You know, really what he should be saying is, is um, I can handle this and surrender and take it like a man and fight it in the courts the way everybody else does who claims and proclaims their innocence. But instead, he's acting like a cornered, scared, um, you know, dog and he's lashing out and and basically saying there's going to be death and destruction in the streets if this happens which his supporters all know what that means that's a call to do what they did on january 6th and he's trying to intimidate and bully and the manhattan da's office and the new york city police department and it's not going to work his bullying tactic Sniper dinosaurs. Diaper Call to death and destruction.
will not work and the district attorney is going to put his head down and follow the facts wherever they lead and if it's appropriate to charge him with a crime that's what he will do the irony of all of this is that Trump has denied that he's incited violence on January 6th, right? And so Jack Smith is looking into that aspect, you know, and the insurrection. And yet here he is again inciting violence once more. I mean, he's, he's effectively destroying his own case, isn't he? Well, he's, he, he has this fascinating quality to him, which is if you say something, it makes it true. And that's what he believes, you know, whether it's, you know, the, whether it's, you know, I have the biggest crowd at my inauguration and then you don't. Or like, he'll just say things as if they are true. Cohen said, Diaper Don always quotes Stalin. Diaper don't always quote Stalin. Um, point. So that is fascist tactic, like Michael Cohen said. Diaper don't always quotes Stalin. Fucking quote Stalin all the time. Say, say uh, a lie. Say a lie enough times and it becomes the truth. And so sometimes he does them, I think, to bait, you know, to bait you for information. And that's what I think the Tuesday, being arrested Tuesday was for. I think he couldn't stand the fact that he didn't know and that he had no idea when it was happening. So that if he were to say I'm being arrested Tuesday, he could bait the Manhattan DA's office into giving him information or leaking information, but but the DA's office, you know, typically they're very good about not leaking, you know, and, and um, so, you know, he, he does things for different reasons, but, uh, you know, your guess America's is as good as mine cry, is, is why he says certain things, but he, he will just actually make stuff up. It's, it's ridiculous to me. There's no, there's no, the truth. doesn't matter to him what's so interesting is he, he really in this kind of moment of, of anxiety and we're feeling his anxiety through his through social posts it's really kind of exposing what we all assumed was this you know this this intense kind of inane uh, self-obsession and 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 upset you know mental illness basically on on full display and it comes out in this kind of stream of consciousness with these messages without, as you say, no consideration for the legal ramifications. Because the more he seems to type, the, the, the more obvious it is that this guy is completely unfit for the role of president or even, you know, leader of the Republican Party as a candidate. Yeah, he's completely unhinged. I mean, his all-cap screeds where he just you know, sh basically 
calls for violence. I mean, everybody knows what he's talking about. And he just, you know, he says things like, it's not me that's being arrested, it's you that's being arrested. You know, it's China and Russia are laughing. Yeah, China and Russia are laughing at us because we elected you. I mean, that he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't have any sense of what he's doing and saying, yet it works. It works for his base. I, I you know, it's it's a fascinating, I think, look into the division in our country that's been simmering, you know, for, for, you know, for a century, you know, for centuries. I mean, and he's just bringing it all out right now at this moment in time. Just explain the kind of legal ramifications of, of, you know, because obviously most of us have been wanting this guy to be arrested ever since he tried to extort Vladimir Zelensky on the telephone. You know, it's like, he, you know, he was impeached for that, and that's really where this whole saga should have ended. But because he was given a pass by the Republican Senate at the time, he then went on to keep committing these crimes, and then, of course, COVID, and, and you know, that was death and destruction and, and, and negligence on, on his behalf. But the, the biggest concern amongst um, people kind of watching this is, is he ever going to face the music? You know, is Alvin Bragg going to make this happen? And, and just explain how he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't have any sense of what he's doing and saying, yet it works. It works for his base. I, I you know, it's, it's a fascinating, he knows, he doesn't I know think, what he's doing. look into the division in our country that's been simmering, you know, for, for, you know, for a century. And everybody take note. Exclamation point. Everybody take note. <laughs> Seaweeds, Hitler, my. You know, for centuries. I mean, and he's just bringing it all out right now at this moment in time. Just explain the kind of legal ramifications of. of you know, because obviously, most of us have been wanting this guy to Trump be should be charged with hate crimes. He tried to extort Vladimir Zelensky on the telephone. You know, it's like he, you know, he was impeached for that, and that's really where this whole saga should have ended. But because he was given a pass Kitty, by no, the fuck off. Senate at the time, he then went on to keep committing these crimes, and then of course COVID, and, and you know that was death and destruction. And, and, and
Trista, it's annoying you keep stopping. DOJ and jeez, what the hell's going on? US Congress. Okay, the Justice Department. Arrest Trump, fuckers. Okay. Um, Arizona, USA. The hell? What's going on out there? Daily Wildcat, Citizens for Ethics, Public Media, Modest Touch. Okay, I'm going to just, um, okay. Huh? Okay, and I'm going to share that to Instagram. Fucking blank. Post to other Instagram accounts. Yes. Trista Artista, Tristopher Governor underscore POTUS 2024. And. Um. Much touch. I'm inviting my such as collaborator. Ben Marcellus. Um, Justice Department. Politico. Washington Post. Yeah, New York Times. Okay, come on, Trista. Go back to the show. Come on, man. It's a good show, too. Okay. Well, I was going to make a song, but I will. Manage your business on Facebook. I've got 262 followers. <laughs> no, 1,068 posts. I'm following 2,229 people. <laughs> 2,000 more people than, than uh, <coughs> following me. That's okay. Yeah, I follow a lot of. Um, okay, let's pull up. Pull up on here. Oh, share next again. Okay. A crime in in New York State. Is that right? Well, if you know, potentially, yes. I guess it could be. 
um, it's, you know, he's what he t- what he tweeted on the 24th on Friday uh, about, you know, there's going to be death and destruction. I mean, that's like a clarion call for mayhem. You know, really what he should be saying is, is um, I can handle this and surrender and take it like a man and fight it in the courts the way everybody else does. Who- for mayhem. Diaper dawns. claims and proclaims their innocence, but instead he's acting like a cornered, scared, um, you know, dog, and he's lashing out and and basically saying there's going to be death and destruction in the streets if this happens, which his supporters all know what that means. That's a call to do what they did on January 6th, and he's trying to intimidate and bully the Manhattan DA's office and the New York City Police Department. And it's not going to work. His bullying tactics will not work. And the district attorney is going to put his head down and follow the facts wherever they lead. And if it's appropriate to charge him with a crime, that's what he will do. The irony of all of this is that Trump has denied that he's incited violence on January 6th, right? And so Jack Smith is looking into that aspect, you know, and the insurrection. Yet here he is again inciting violence once more. I mean, he's he's effectively destroying his own case, isn't he? Well, he's he he has this fascinating quality to him, which is if you say something, it makes it true, and that's what he believes. Yeah. You know, whether it's Stalin. you know the, whether it's you know I have the biggest crowd at my inauguration, and then you don't, or. Exclamation point. He'll just say things as if they are true. And so sometimes he does them, I think, to bait, you know, to bait you for information. And that's what I think the Tuesday, being arrested Tuesday was for. I think he couldn't stand the fact that he didn't know and that he had no idea when it was happening. So that if he were to say I'm being arrested Tuesday, he could bait the Manhattan DA's office into giving him information or leaking information. But but the DA's office, you know, typically they're very good about not leaking, you know, and, and um, so, you know, he, he does things for different reasons. But, uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine as, as why he says certain things. But he. Exclamation point. He will just actually make stuff up it's it's ridiculous to me there's no there's no the truth doesn't matter to him 
orange fungus. What's so interesting is he, he really, in this kind of moment of, of anxiety, and we're feeling his anxiety through his through social posts, it, it's really kind of exposing what we all assumed was this, you know, this, this intense kind of inane uh, self-obsession and, and, and upset, you know, mental illness, basically, on, on full display. And it comes out in this kind of stream of consciousness with these messages without, as you say, no consideration for the legal ramifications. Because the more he seems to type, the, the, the more obvious it is that this guy is completely unfit for the role of president or even, you know, leader of the Republican Party as a candidate. Yeah, he's completely unhinged. I mean, his all caps reads where he just, you know, sh basically calls for violence. I mean, everybody knows what he's talking about. And he just, you know, he says things like, it's not me that's being arrested. It's you that's being arrested. You know, it's China and Russia are laughing. Yeah, China and Russia are laughing at us because we elected you. I mean, that he just doesn't. You know, he doesn't have any sense of what he's doing and saying, yet it works. It works for his base. I, I, you know, it's, it's a fascinating, I think, look into the division in our country that's been simmering, you know, for, for you know, for a century, you know, for centuries. I mean, and he's. He's just bringing it all out right now at this moment in time. Just explain the kind of legal ramifications of, of you know, because obviously most of us have been wanting this guy to be arrested ever since he tried to extort Vladimir Zelensky on the telephone. You know, it's like he, you know, he was impeached for that. And that's really where this whole saga should have ended. But because he was given a pass by the Republican Senate at the time, he then went on to keep committing these crimes, and then, of course, COVID, and, and you know, that was death and destruction and, and, and negligence on, on his behalf. But the, the biggest concern amongst um, people kind of watching this is, is he ever going to face the music? You know, is Alvin Bragg going to make this happen? And, and just explain how there might be a kind of coordinated effect. If once there is an indictment, of course, you've got, you've got uh, Georgia, you've got Fannie Willis, You've got Letitia James. You've got all these other people after him, in addition to the special counsel. How does it integrate? How does it come together? It, you know, because they're not going to do this unless they're absolutely certain that they've got him on multiple counts, right? Well, look, it's, it's, interestingly, it's not coordinated at all. These are all separate investigations and separate, uh, separate entities that are looking into him. The only thing that was coordinated was the Letitia James civil investigation into um, his his uh, properties and his finances and his her sweeping $250 million 
civil case was coordinated with the Manhattan DA's office investigation. They were actually joint investigations. Um, that investigation into the valuation of his assets, where he overinflated or underinflated his assets, depending on when it suited him, you know, whether he would he would lie about the square footage of his apartment so that he could, you know, take out a bigger loan or pay less taxes, whatever, whichever one it suited him. And um, and that investigation is still ongoing at the Manhattan DA's office. That was one that, uh, if you recall, about a year ago, there were two um, two senior uh, assistant DAs who resigned very publicly because Alvin Bragg, only two months into his into his tenure, he they thought that there was enough evidence, and and Alvin Bragg wasn't ready to bring that case at that moment, and they you know basically had a temper tantrum and, and took their crayons and went home. And one of them wrote a book about it um, as if he somehow knows better, as if someone, you know, elected him DA and he has his judgment and knows better. And, and I think, you know, that, that particular case, um, Alvin's been saying publicly that that's still um, pending and still open and they're still working on that. But um, I, I now wonder whether that is still has any viability given this book that has now infused politics and, and other things into a case. That it's really, kind of compromising the investigation. It's in completely way, it? compromised but, it. But what kind of a person is working at the Manhattan DA's office with that mentality that they would then go out and write a book and compromise the whole thing. I mean, you know, who who is this person? Yeah, he look. He never worked at the Manhattan DA's office before. He uh, he never ever worked there. He came in. You know, he was he was a federal prosecutor, and and um, then he's been a defense attorney for a long time. I don't know him. I've never worked with him. Um, but then he but he uh, was brought in to do this case and. Frankly, you know, I have to say for him to write this book, um, to have the judgment to write this book, to me, um, shows that Alvin Bragg actually was right not to trust his judgment, frankly. Um, so it helped it, the other side a lot, didn't completely, it? I mean, completely. Trump he, and, and his surrogates, they used that, that moment of disarray to, to basically say that, you know, this was a, a, a corrupt investigation. I mean, there's a lot of problems with that book. First of all, there are some, you know, lots of several people, including Ellie Honig, has written kind of all of the, you know, things that are wrong about the book, you know, factually as well as um, intellectually as well as politically. And uh, and so people should read that. It's really, you know, but but I also I take issue with it, too, because he. He goes after the you know line assistants in the office, and he, I, I don't know. I just the whole thing to me is is shows really poor judgment, and and now, like I said, now any prosecution there would look political, frankly, because because of what he has done, and and politics don't belong anywhere in prosecution. It really has to be separate. It really has to be without fear or favor. You know, you're the DA is always a Democrat in New York City, or in Manhattan, I should say. Um, 
And, you know, they, they have to be able to prosecute without fear or favor, you know, Democrats and Republicans alike. And, and for those and for Donald Trump, who thinks that this was a this is a political prosecution and that that Alvin Bragg, you know, is coming after him just because it's Should for political reasons. If that were the case, why wouldn't ago. Alvin Bragg have brought that other case that was allegedly ready to go two months into his tenure? I mean, that was. You know, that could have been that would have been the easiest thing you could have done, right? If if this was nothing but a political, I'm going to get Donald Trump. We wouldn't be in such a mess. Exclamation point! That's, well, then we would not be in such a mess. You know, they handed him a case that they temper tantrum stormed away saying it was ready. I shouldn't say they, you know, the other, the other ADA Carrie Dunn is actually an extraordinary, excellent attorney uh, who I worked with. And I think he's phenomenal. And, and as far as I can see, he didn't leak his resignation letter or have anything to do with this book. But, um, but the other one, Mark Pomerantz is, is the one whose judgment I have to say, I, I really, you know, when, when they first resigned, I thought to myself, you know, wow, are, are these kind of, are they national heroes, you know, but <laughs> But I, I now really have to say I'm, I'm so I'm kind of appalled actually. But back to your question uh, about about these various cases and any coordination. You know, really, prosecutors don't work like that. They don't. They're not. They're, they're not out there conspiring to get Donald Trump. You know, they're looking at the facts and the evidence and and seeing what evidence is admissible in court. And they're not thinking about politics and violence and all the things Donald Trump is trying to do. They're, they're really, without fear or favor, thinking about, um, you know, did this person commit a crime and can I prove it? And if so, I'm going to hold them accountable because nobody is above the law. And, you know, this the whole charging, charging Donald Trump with falsifying a business record, which is what I think they're going to charge him with here, and I'll, I'll explain that in a minute, is the bread and butter of the Manhattan DA's office. It's 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 charged, you know, Ryan Goodman uh, published a piece, an opinion piece in the New York Times um, this week about um, about a study that he and another individual, I think it was Andrew Weissman and he, uh, for just security about, they surveyed the last, I think, 10 years, how many times all five, you know, New York City DAs have charged falsifying a business record. And it's, you know, so many times, right? It's like, it's like, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens every year. Everybody charges it. This is not some, you know, so regular people are charged all the time for with falsifying a business record in the first degree. And, and the elements of this crime are, you know, that you with the intent to defraud, uh, you make a false entry in a, a business record and. Um, and that is a misdemeanor, right? So you intend to defraud and you make a false entry into a business record. The the what makes it a felony, so what bumps it up to a felony is if you would you by doing so you're either concealing or committing a crime. If you are if you're intending, I should say, to conceal or commit a crime. You don't have to prove that you did commit a crime or concealed a crime, just that you intended or you meant to or you were trying to. And so that's that's the um, the elements of the crime here, and that's what I believe the the case that um, Alvin Bragg is looking at, and and the facts of the case that lead to that are, you know, it's been well publicized that um, a couple of weeks before the 2016 election, uh, Stormy Daniels um, got in touch with 
um, the National Enquirer and offered to sell her story that she had an affair with Donald Trump. And um, Donald Trump didn't want that to get out. And so Michael Cohen uh, arranged with David Pecker to pay her $130,000. And that came from Michael Cohen and, and Donald Trump paid Michael Cohen back. But rather than just giving him a check for a hundred, you know, if, if Donald Trump had just written him a check for $130,000, yeah, saved a whole, a whole lot of bother, right? This wouldn't even be a crime, right? Yeah. There, there'd be no crime here other than potentially, you know, I guess he could be prosecuted um, for trying to influence the election. If, if, you know, if there was evidence of that um, in and of itself, you know, federally, but here, what he did instead was he wrote. So then he gets elected as president. And he, 11 different times, while he's the sitting president, 11 times, he writes these these checks and classify them in a business record, a business entry as a legal retainer, which there was no such thing. And so, you know, we had a sitting president actively committing a crime and faking the books and records of his organization while he's president of the United States. You know, and for anyone to say that that's not a serious crime I mean, first of all, he this you know this is the first time he tried that we know of that he tried to influence uh, the results of his presidential election by doing this, right? And of course, he tried again with the big lie, you know, four years later, and you know all the all the other um, all the other things that he was doing there, but um, you know, trying to you know stop the electoral count, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but here he's trying to influence an election and then committing a crime 11 different times while he's sitting president. So for anyone to say this, is why this one, this isn't serious. I don't know. I don't I don't see that at all. I see it as well, very the, the, serious. The opposition is kind of saying it's an administrative error. That's that's the language that they're using. You know, it was it was just administration that was wrong. And how can that be a crime? Because yeah, he was because he was trying, trying to, to hide it because he was trying to hide it from Melania. He says he wasn't trying to influence the election. But, you know, OK, so Melania goes and look what. When was the last time Melania went and looked at the the um, business records and the entries into the books and records yeah. of the Trump organization? Like that just, you know, doesn't happen. It's it's not a very strong argument, is it? I just want to mention something about the politicization of of the of the DA's office because, you know, the the fact that Alvin Bragg has to publicly announce that he is a Democrat. You know, it's like whenever you see his name written in brackets, it says Democrat after it. From where I come from in Europe and certainly the way the law works in the UK, nobody in any kind of law enforcement or the legal departments would ever have to talk about their politics because politics should not be in in the law, right? So for me, it's completely alien, the idea that you would, you would have to kind of nail your colors to the mast. And, and because it, obviously it can be used against you. And Donald Trump is not just saying that he's a Democrat and therefore he's out to get him, but he, he's also claiming it's racist because Alvin Bragg is black and Donald Trump is white. And, you know, he, he's playing the white race card. I mean, just explain if the U.S. has ever operated in a non-political fashion in this kind of legal system. Is this a new thing? I mean, because to me... I, I don't get this one. I don't blame you. It's um, I agree with you. So the U.S. isn't a monolith. Obviously, it's you know made up of fifty states, and there's also the federal government. And so, 
and within each state there are there are counties and cities and et cetera, et cetera. And I say that because so so there are prosecutors at all levels across the United States, right? There's the uh, U.S. attorney um, for each each the, the Department of Justice, right, is federal, and they appoint U.S. attorneys within each um, within each district, if you will. Um, so those are appointed positions, but they're still slightly political, right? Because a Democratic president is going to install Democratic, uh, you know, U.S. United States attorneys, and you know, as the head, the line prosecutors. Politics has should absolutely play nothing into the line prosecutors. No one even knows what you are, you know, and you're not allowed to get involved in politics in the Manhattan DA's office because of what you just said. You know, you're not supposed to be political at all. You just go and do your work. And I couldn't, I could tell you what a few people's politics were, but not necessarily most because most people, you know, it's not a thing in the office, but, but so just getting back to the rest of the country. So then you have the attorneys general, which is the highest state level like Letitia James is the attorney general. That's also, that's an elected position. Uh, I don't know if that's elected in every state or some states may appoint their attorney general. I don't know. But then you get to the DA level, the district attorney level. And in, in New York state, there are 60 district attorneys because there are 60 counties and each one is elected and, and each one is the highest law enforcement officer of that state. And, it you know it is i agree with you it is sort of strange but i don't i don't know if other states have appointed positions or elected positions but i it agree does with a you it does a disservice doesn't it to the public it really level. does and you know i remember when i was with Cy Vance, um i remember one case in particular that he got a lot of heat for not bringing um you know it was a it was a not a democrat versus republican kind of case but it was a you know, a, a high-profile case um, that he got a lot of heat for not bringing, and people were saying it's because a particular a particular defense attorney donated to his campaign. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, I, you know, I was the one who's very involved in that decision. I had I have zero window into who donates to what campaign. You know, I'd never. I know it's public information, but never looked at it, you know, never thought about it. It was never a thing. But, you know, people, because you are an elected official, you have to go out and raise money unless you're independently wealthy. And that creates potential, the appearance of conflicts. But as the person sitting there making the decision, there was no conflict, like I said, but the, but the public and the press, it's like they, they want to see something where it doesn't exist um, but you know, you have to be aware of that. And as a result, it does create a problem. I, I do think the, the best way to, um, to elect a prosecutor would be nonpartisan and not, you know, you don't, you don't accept money from people because, you know, it's, it just makes it, it, inf it infuses an unnecessary level of politics, and other questions and other compromise, you know, no compromising questions hands. into into um, decision making about cases. Maybe you're like me and you sometimes struggle with what to wear, finding pieces that go together and the hassle maybe of changing clothes for different activities. 
Well, Roan's Commuter Collection is the most comfortable, breathable and flexible set of products. Commuter Collection oh, offers the world's most comfortable clothes. You never have to worry uh, about what to wear when you have the Roan Commuter Collection. And with Roan's wrinkle oh, release technology, on, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable. So you can ditch the dry cleaner all together. Okay, I personally doing? love feeling fresh. Fuck. I love a technical fabric. And oh, man. Whether it be Supreme Court right the way down to, to a, kind of a, local, a local court, if, if there is politics involved. And it's, it, and it's as you say, it's right that... The U.S. kind of loves to have teams. There's this obsession, you know, it's like it's sports, it's cheerleaders. It starts in schools where they try and, you know, pit, pit people against each other. This concept... Of, of competition. I've been it's very to. I'm sorry. Used in the culture. Isn't I, it? I've been to an English soccer game, or I should say football game. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily make that, you know, but, American. But, but, but judges pretty... don't talk about their football allegiance. They don't. Know? Okay. Not, not really. No. All right. Yeah. Look. <laughs> you know. No. We're look. We're. It wasn't like this before. You know. It wasn't always like this. It. It's. It's just. When A political campaign. Oh, we should take our money out of political campaigns. Right. Oh, come on, Trista. Stop stopping, Trista. Okay, well. Where did my thing go? Hmm. Oh, shit. Ah. Endless red tape time on the res with Trista show. Drop a gas stoves and limiting cows farting. <laughs> Other states have appointed positions or elected positions but i agree it does with a you. disservice doesn't it to the public it really house. does and you know i remember when i was with cy vance um i remember one case in particular that he got a lot of heat for not bringing um you know it was a it was a not a democrat versus republican kind of case but it was a you know, a, a high-profile case um, that he got a lot of heat from his friends. And people were saying it's because a particular, a particular defense attorney donated to his campaign. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, uh, you know, I was the one who was very involved in that decision. I had I had zero window into who donates to what campaign. You know, I'd never. I know it's public information, but never looked at it, you know, never thought about it. It was never a thing. But, you know, people, the kids who are not have to go out and raise money and these are infinitely wealthy. And, 
that creates potential the appearance of conflict but as the person sitting there making the decision there was no conflict like i said but the but the public and the press it's like they they want to see something where it doesn't exist um but you know you have to be aware of that and as a result it does create a problem i i do think the, the best way to um to elect a prosecutor would be nonpartisan and not you know you don't you don't accept money from people because you know it, it just makes it, it it infuses an unnecessary level of politics and other questions and other compromise you know compromising questions into into um, decision making about cases Maybe you're like me, and you sometimes struggle with what to wear, finding pieces that go oh, together. Oh, come on, fucker. Maybe changing clothes for different activities. Well, Roan's commuter collection no. is the most comfortable, Fuck breathable, off. and... ...breaks, you know, and... and ...objective, and, and, and I think our judicial... Yeah, look, <laughs> you know... No, we're... Look, we're... It wasn't like this before. You know, it wasn't always like this. It... It's, it's just, when was the change? Give me the give me the year. Like when when do you think the the shift happened? Look, judges are judges. Some across this country, some judges are elected, some judges are appointed. You know, there's a and even in New York, you have both. You have the New York State trial level courts have both elected and appointed judges. It's a mixture, and it's. I couldn't necessarily tell you the politics of most of the judges or any of the judges because although you although that's you run or you you know get appointed by a particular person you're supposed to look at the law right you're not supposed to necessarily put your own opinion you're supposed to just call balls and strikes you know and and just be really objective and 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 I think our judicial system use we we used to think our judicial system was like that and that's what we believed and you know i think what we're seeing now is that it's not necessarily the case you know i'm not sure it necessarily i don't know that it changed or that we became more aware i mean we you know to, to be completely honest you know for the first 20 years that i was a prosecutor i felt that you know we wore the white hats and that we did always did the right thing etc without any without any kind of self-reflection or insight into the fact that that we were by and large only you know incarcerating people of color and how racist is even if you know, I, I, I used to find that I used to find that to be very hard when people would say things like that to me because I would say well I'm not racist you know but but thankfully the you know we have we have educated ourselves and we have learned enough to see what mass incarceration has done you know what we have done to people of color in the United States and so although we thought we were calling balls and strikes you know we really weren't frankly we were you know we were really just focusing on one thing and and so I think our awareness has changed about what's going on in our judicial system, whether it's judges or prosecutors or anybody else. And that's why Donald Trump calling, uh, calling Alvin Bragg an animal, 
putting up a meme where he has a baseball bat to his head and essentially saying Sick. the law doesn't apply Fuck. to me because I'm privileged and white. <clears throat> you know, that's what he's saying. And 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 that's what he's trying to when he says make America great again, that's what he's trying to do. He wants to go back to the other way when it was just, you know, put the what he considers animals in prison, hold them accountable, you know. The, the, you know, when you, when there was, when the Black Lives Matter protests happened and people were protesting and looting in the streets, you know, there was, a, there was a huge divide about whether Who reads fucking Hitler's mind that's protest, right? But, you know, and so, and he, and he'll be the first one, him, him and all his, his Call in diapered on idolizes Hitler and has Hitler's mind comp on his bedside table. Everyone, hello, hello. America, wake the fuck up. People will be the first ones to say, you know, those are violent animals, you know, Alvin. Control your own people, control your own crime. Well, directing your attention to Jan 6 and Marjorie Taylor Greene going to prison to visit the people who are in prison and calling them patriots, the ones, the, the thousand people that the Department of Justice have prosecuted Diapered on, idolizes Hitler and has Hitler's mind comp on his bedside table. Okay, don't need any other fucking information. This dude fucking idolizes Hitler. He has fucking high mind comp on his fucking bedside table. How fucking stupid. You have to be. Shit. Motherfucking stupid ass American. <laughs>
Um, yeah. There's a mean sick fuck is uh yeah. My income. Justice Democrats. These people run for president and they never fucking do anything more when they lose. I said podcast. Spells it right. Diaper Dawn. Come on, Trista, stop. Uh, here's some other people comment. Treasonous scumbag. Worldwide, if I say it enough, it's got to be true. Such a tedious dirtbag. When is this useless vomit spear going to kick the bucket? Any time now would be perfect. <laughs> okay, I can think of a few people he could start with. Lock him up already. How are these threats not taken seriously as done at once? What about a gag order in order to protect the public? Sick fuck. Demand that Trump be arrested now for death threats and violence. Yeah. View hidden comments. More on Trump running scared. Might be misleading. That's what it says on Instagram. I'll name a few of the Bidens, the Clintons, the Gates, the Pelosi's, the Obamas, and the head Nazi Soros. Top of the line human scum. But like you said, we all know. Fucking Russian Trump trolls. Um...
Don't be trash. Transphobic, racist, ableist, sexist, homophobic. Such slurs are trying to demolish this. Demolish Florida's broad open records and public meeting laws. They claim DeSantis has an executive right to keep government records secret from the public, all to protect corrupt politicians and special interest groups. Yeah, he's a fucking sick fuck. Yeah, anyway, Trista, come on, man. We want to hear what Karen has to say. Oil prices climbing relief rally? rally. Okay, I want to, I need to do some gardening. Okay, so everybody ah. is freaking out about this. It's called the ice I'm not freaking and out it's about been it. News a lot. It started with slavery. And it is, you know, continued throughout history uh, where, you know, we've had segregation and we've had Jim Crow laws and we've had it so that people can't, you know, when you look back at like even just real estate, you know, you couldn't get a loan because you were black, you know, or in certain areas because you were black. And as a result, they can't get generational wealth, you know, et cetera, and, and schools and whatever, like. It's it's just until until we resolve this issue, and I don't know what the answer is. I don't have any idea what the answer is. You know, I'm not calling for any particular, you know, um, response to it. But it is a problem. It is a problem. And well, we the answer is the answer is wokeism, isn't it? I mean, really, that's <laughs> no, the answer well, you know is for everybody but, to be whoa. to be thoughtful <laughs> about minority groups and people who who are going to have a harder. Uh, Root in life because of these historic um, negatives regard, regarding you know the, the the historical timeline of the of the U.S. and yet wokeism is being used as an kind of abusive term to to across across everything. Now. Yeah, you know, but that was I will like say, the one chance to twist it to turn this around. Wasn't yes, it? yes, you're right. But I think the wokeism people have gone a little too far. I mean, they they get a little out of they get a little a little out of control with you know. Some of the, the stuff they say. Goes. I think it's education. It's not wokeism. You know, it's yes. But aren't they the same thing? 
I mean, wokeism is just a is just a, a phrase. It's become a, a meme. I know. My, my, ultimately, my, my, it, is, it is education. My uh, my twenty six year old daughters are probably hopefully they'll never hear this because they'll you know they'll be so upset with me for making what that statement what I just said. Um, you know, I guess I don't know. There there are times when when you know I sometimes hear certain. I, I think I think education. I think look, I educated myself. Listening to my such live, Karen Agnifilo is talking about how Trump, I mean, Diaper Down will go to fucking jail. Particular, you know, um, response to it, but it is a problem. It is a problem. And well, we have- the answer is the answer is wokeism, isn't it? I mean, really, that's no, the but, answer well, you know is for everybody but- to be to be thoughtful about minority groups and people who who are going to have a harder. Uh, root in life because of these historic um, negatives regard, regarding you know the, the the historical timeline of the of the U.S. and yet wokeism is being used as an kind of abusive term to to across across everything. Now. Yeah, you know, that but was I will like say the one chance to twist it to turn this around. Wasn't yes, it? yes, you're right. But I think the wokeism people have gone a little too far. I mean, they they get a little out of they get a little a little out of control with you know. No, some of the stuff they say. I think it's education. It's not wokeism. You know, it's yes. But aren't they the same thing? I mean, wokeism is just a is just a, a phrase. It's become a, a meme. I know. My, my, ultimately, my, it, is, it is education. My uh, my twenty six right wing nuts in this country have successfully demonized a. It's a black term. It came from the black community, and so it's a form of race baiting too. It's a way to shit on black people. Girl daughters are. Probably, hopefully, they'll never hear this because they'll, you know, they'll be so upset with me for making what that statement, what I just said. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I don't know. There, there are times when, when, you know, I sometimes hear certain. I think, I think education. I think. Look, I educated myself. You know, when when Cy Vance became district attorney, the first thing he did, and this was in 2010, the first thing he he did was he said. You know, we're going to bring the Vera Institute of Justice into the DA's office, and I want to do a racial bias study. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm not, I'm, we're not racist. I'm not racist, you know. And that's what everyone thought. And, and rather than get my, you know, hackles up and get up and, and say, you know, what are you talking about? I said, you know what, I want to educate myself on what people are saying. People are saying that there are, that there is racism in the criminal justice system. I I truthfully didn't get it. I didn't see it. I thought, you know, I've been helping black people my entire career. You know, I've, I've sat in my office hugging, you know, black moms whose, whose, whose black sons have been murdered by, you know, by people and I'm helping them and I'm, you know, being with them and I'm, loving them and and so i'm not racist what are you talking about i'm helping the people you know the, the black people in our community and so i didn't under i truly didn't understand what what people were talking about um and i'm i'm feel very lucky that i had the opportunity to educate myself and you know what what changed for you like what was the what was really the the trigger point for you that made you realize that your you you maybe weren't, not weren't doing enough, but you hadn't fully understood the scale of the problem. Was was it your white privilege that did it? Yeah, I get. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, 
I read, I, I, what I did was I, I watched a few movies like 13th. I read a bunch of books. I participated in a Harvard executive session, actually two of them, you know, where you, it, it had, and, and, and frankly, it was people of color around me who didn't, you know, who on the one hand <laughs> felt like it's not my obligation to educate you was exhausting for them because, you know, they were, there were people of color in the DA's office in particular who were prosecutors who were having their own personal reckoning about what they've, the damage they've done and, um, and, you know, what was happening uh, in, in society. And, you know, they were exhausted at having to explain it over and over and over again. Um, And I, really appreciate that they didn't give up and that they kept going and, you know, kept educating society at large. And rather than turning away from it, I tried to educate myself. And, you know, honestly, my kids had a lot to do with it. You know, I remember during the, I know we were here to talk about Donald Trump. So if you, if you tell me, this is is important, tell me if you want to stop this, but I remember during my, so my, my kids are in their twenties and, um, and, during a couple of years ago, when the um, yeah, when the on, Black Lives man. Matter protests were, you know, it was like George Floyd, and and the, and there were lots of protests and looting in the streets. Um, the like Manhattan Trump DA's Ford. office. I was chief assistant at the time, and I think it was Probably also during the pandemic. So most people were working remotely, and so you know, you would you would um, you had this like fear of, you know, this was before the vaccine and all that. So you had this like fear of death, right? You're like, you're like, people were dying left and right in New York City because we were, we were one of the places in the, in the world that, you know, got, it was, it was like a war zone. It was like a war zone and, and a lot of people were losing loved ones. And it was, yeah. it was a really challenging time just from a, you know, emotional bags. standpoint like that. And then at the same time, you had these, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, protests and um, things happening in the street and, and, and there were a lot of people of color in the office who were really having a lot of um, feelings about what was going on and about their role as a prosecutor and it was during that time I think that we were we were, we were having these meetings these Zoom meetings with you know various people in the office and hearing what they had to say and, and in the middle of it um, I remember there was a, a case where, where or a situation where um, there, was a, there was a Black Lives Matter protest and there was one of the leaders of the, of the protesters who took a bullhorn and um, put it up against a female police officer's <laughs> ear like and um, I guess screamed in it or, or pre- you know, did that loud noise and broke her eardrum. And, you know, that's that's considered assaulting a police officer, and which is a felony. Hey, by the way, here's uh, some shoes that I want to get rid of. Uh, we dropped off. Yeah. You know, those uh, 
Stand back, stand back. You, you don't want to be sitting. Like if you're using this thing Like if you're using this thing, you got to be sitting down. Don't grab that. Hey, let's, uh, this would be a good time to um, change around the uh, change around the furniture. No, 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 that could be done. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't pee on it or nothing. <laughs> Come here, puppy. Come here, Dr. B. Oh, my God, he's going to run right over. Hey. Fucking asshole. Get the fuck back. Get out of here, shitbird. From fucking crushing it. Get out of here. Go. Get out of here, shitbird. Come here, puppy. Come here, nothing. Okay, so. Come here. Wow. Are you cold? <laughs> but the thing has uh, so I'm I'm in first person view like I'm in this like I'm in the ship right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can see pretty cool every fucking thing. Right on. But see you should be able to so what I got is I got a thing I I'm gonna get for you so you can watch me. You know what I'm uh -huh. saying? Like <laughs> Whoa, it's kind of Kind of fucking throws you off. It's kind of windy, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. This thing holds in the wind. These things are fucking badass because this is a. Wow. It's got it's it's also got like a, what do you call it um. Uh, you know where you go in and and it's fucking got a infrared. Wow. So you do it at night too, huh? Well, you're not supposed to, but. You're not supposed, supposed to? to have one other person watching with you, you know. Uh, yeah, watching with there. you? What do you mean? Watching with you? Right now it's set for, it can go like two miles away. Uh -huh. Right now. But look, I'm way over here by the, by the thing. Oh my god, it's so dizzy, holy shit. <laughs> like, you don't understand, like you're looking through this thing and it's fucking, it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> and so you can move the camera. I can so I can adjust the camera to go down. I can make the camera look down. So I can make the camera look up, and I can make the camera look down. But I'm gonna get you another screen. <laughs> oh my God! It's like whoa! You want to fall backwards? Huh? You really do. Uh, so so yeah. See, look, I put the the remote on it, and it and it. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm like I'm right up on the mountain, man. It's supposed to cool down again this week, well, by the way. How high? How high am I right now? Can can you take it? Oh, like, uh, right now it says I'm at 283 feet. Uh, 445 feet. You can go, how high can you go? What's that thing high? up there? Huh? What's the, uh, is that, oh, that's, that's it, right? Where, you see it? Yeah. Oh, I thought... <laughs> but I'm real close to the ground out there. You're not supposed to do. What do you mean you're not supposed to do? Are there what are are, are there? What are the rules? By the way, here's a box, another box for you.
So the police reviewed the videos of who did it and figured out who it was and figured out where he was and decided to go out and arrest him. And normally an arrest like that is a simple, you know, you, you go out and you, you put handcuffs on a person and arrest them. But, you know, the police basically treated him like he was Osama bin Laden. You know, they did a whole they had helicopters above his house. They had you know, surrounded him with like, SWAT teams and whatever. And he live-streamed it on Facebook the entire time. And, you know, like Facebook Live or whatever. So I have my kids, because since I'm working from home, my adult children, watching this poor guy, you know, sitting in his house with, you know, live-streaming this thing where he's going, you know, I think I'm going to die. You know, uh, I'm black, and the police are surrounding my house, and they are, you know... They have guns and SWAT teams and they're, you know, helicopters and I'm under siege. Like, I think I'm going to die. So I'm live streaming this all. So you all see it. And my kids are like, Mom, you're the number two in the D Manhattan DA's office. Do something. Meanwhile, I'm telling them to stop talking to me because I'm on the phone talking to the prosecutors on the other end because the cops were like, we need an arrest warrant to go into this guy's house to arrest him. And then we had a, you know, and so I have like from both sides of the cops saying, you know, we need an arrest warrant. I've got my kids like basically, you know, mom, look what's happening. And, um, you know, and I just remember at the time thinking, you know, this is a, this is a big decision, right? You know, this is a really big decision. And, and, you know, that, that for me, so 
P.S. We didn't give them the, the arrest warrant. We gave the, the guy an opportunity to surrender the next day, which, which he did. And, you know, and he surrendered and he, you know, was held accountable for what he did. But, that, but, but that's the lesson, isn't it? That letting someone go and picking them up another day is a far more mature move and shooting them in the back when they're running away. That of really is, is the, the tragedy of, of the American justice system, is that it never gets to court because a police officer thinks that from a traffic stop, somebody deserves to be executed on the side of the road. Yeah, so look, this is the, the other side of that is, you know, if you look at how many times, you know, the NYPD responds to something like a million 911 calls a year, right? And... And, you know, and how many fatalities are there a year? One, two, which is one or two too many. But the other, you know, million minus two times, they do show restraint and they do de-escalate and they do know what they're doing. And, th and that's where I get upset sometimes because, you know, I, I do have tremendous respect for police and I thank God for them. And I believe in law and order. I do. And it is, you know... I, the, the men and women who, who, you know, have decided to spend their career and their life, um, you know, saving me, basically, you know, I will be forever grateful to them, you know, like, I always, and I always was aware of that as a prosecutor, like, it's easy for me to second guess you here, sitting at my desk, where my life's not in danger, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, so, and, and most of the police officers I've dealt with are, frankly, come the best on, people on earth. Oh, come on, Karen. There are times when what they do is atrocious and there are some really bad police officers, Shit. just like there are bad DAs and everybody else. And Shit. so that's part of my on, issue is I'm not in that all cops, you know, are bad camp at all. In fact, Totally. I'm a huge fan, and I want to build them up. I don't want to tear them down. You know, and these people who want to defund the police, etc. You know, and and want to attack the police, and you know, and they wonder why. You know, go ahead, attack the police. Guess what's going to happen? Nobody in their right mind is going to go be a police officer. Except you want to be a police officer, and then look what happens to society. You know, like you got to build people up in life. You got to, you know, support them. And I just think I don't know. I. I remember, like, sometimes, you know, you, you see these police officers standing on the street and people just screaming at them and spitting at them and throwing things at them. And I would just, it, I find that atrocious. I would walk, I, I walk up to them and say, thank you for your service. Because I do appreciate them. I know what it's like to feel scared and to something to happen and you call 911. And there's no better feeling than a police officer coming and saving you. But that's because I'm white. You know, that's because I'm white. If I'm black, you know, yeah. and I'm scared and something's happened, you know, I'm not calling 911 and hoping the but police... But just imagine that, like not having uh, a service to call, knowing uh, yes, that, that yes. it, it could end very badly for you. And that's why it has to change. It has to yeah. change and it has to get better. And that's what has to happen. And, and I guess my point is it can change, you know, but we have to do it in a way that's educational and not accusatory and not um, in a way that's, you know, tearing people down. That's just my belief in, in I mean, life. Defund the police was a, was a very bad slogan because it didn't mean that. 
and it was weaponized by the right to make it look like that the, the the left wanted to spend less on policing all they actually wanted to do was was reallocate funds so that you know instead of it being about people showing up in uniform with guns there was more money being spent on on kind of community policing or or mental health services and that and that type of thing within within that um which obviously so, should be done yeah and 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 that's really the tragedy is that you're against defund the police but you're for everything defund the police is for of course so it's it's marketing and it, and it was not done it was not done very well which is my issue with wokeism by the way yeah. because wokeism i think is bad marketing it's about education well because it's been weaponized you know i mean really that word came out of um, oh, I, think, I actually think it, it kind of came out of the black community okay. initially and, and was used for very different reasons. And it has, it, again, it has been weaponized. And, and, you know, I'm actually kind of okay. proud of being woke. And you certainly oh, have woken up in the descriptions of what has changed for you in that experience with your, with your kids and, and, and with that, you know, event that you didn't issue the search warrant for. I mean, you know, that could have been your your woke moment. And, you know, I think we should be proud of those. Of those. Green Chef has expanded their menu. Now oh, choose man, from 30 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from very different dietary Shit. preferences. Who, who, you know, he... Uh, they, the, the judge, Beryl the um, Howell, found that it was more likely than not uh, or that there was a prima facie case um, that that a crime was, you know, occurred, and so therefore the so crime. So he knew that there were documents in Mar-a-Lago, even though he'd said to the FBI that they were all returned. Is, is that well? There? It's unclear exactly because um, this is all happening under seal. So all we know is what's being leaked out. But normally, any conversations or or documents or emails or anything between the client is privileged. And so Evan Corcoran wouldn't, who is all things Mar-a-Lago, wouldn't have to testify before the grand jury or provide this information. But the judge found, I think, in six different areas uh, that he did have to, that he pierced the privilege and said, you know what, it's not secret anymore. Whatever you know, whatever you have has to be turned over because... Um, because Jack Smith has made a prima facie case that a crime has been committed and, and it was either knowingly or unwittingly done by you, Evan Corcoran, but, but certainly Donald Trump committed the crime. And Joe Tacopino is the other one. He's, a, who, who, you know, he's, he's like the, the, the godfather. And there's a, a footage of him circulating from going he went on cnn in 2018 and he basically said that you know the whole hush money payment thing that's gone down is 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 a crime yeah, and now he's I, defending trump for that very crime yeah i i think he's going to be conflicted out of this case i don't see how he can how he can represent trump here given the fact that he represented or at least consulted with and um, you know, there, there's an ethical rule 1.9 of you know the um, in New York State ethical uh, unified court system rule that um, I think applies here, and it says that you can't you know a a you can't represent one side and then represent the other. You know, there's a conflict, and b if you have like confidential information that you got from that, you can't then use it. On the you know like and 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 you can't harm 
you know, use it to harm your, your second client in the same matter. So, so there's all kinds of ethical rules here, and I, I think he'll ultimately be conflicted out of this case. And then the, the final one of the, of the three stooges is Alina Hubbard, who is, <laughs> again, a kind of TV personality. You know, these people, it's almost like they're doing it for the, for the publicity. Because, you know, legally they have very thin arguments. Their, their knowledge of the law is minimal. They're kind of like joke lawyers that you would kind of rent to come and do like a, a lawyerogram at a party. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, the lawyers I know and the lawyers that practice the way I practice, frankly, is you don't use the law as a tool. You know, the law means something and the law, the legal system means something. But Donald Trump uses his lawyers to use the law as a tool, and it's a tool to delay, and it's a tool to just try and mess up, you know, like just try to create havoc in the justice system or the legal system. And most lawyers who are reputable uh, would never do anything like what they're doing. You know, just because but they wouldn't you... represent Trump either, would they? I mean, is that the problem that he can't? He just can't get decent no, representation no, look, because he's are... so obviously guilty. No, no, there. Look, you know, if you're a criminal defense attorney, you don't. You know, most of the people you represent are guilty, right? Um, yeah. And that that's what you do. And everybody's entitled to representation. Everybody, even Donald Trump. Um, I think the reason most people wouldn't represent him is because he's not looking for their expertise. You know, he's not looking for their legal judgment. He's looking for them to do his bidding on what he wants. And, and I would never represent, put him aside, I would never represent someone like him. You know, somebody who hires me, hires me for my expertise and my judgment. If they just want to hire me to do their bidding, but it's not something I believe in or that I would do, I would never do that because that's, you know, that's, again, that's sort of being used inappropriately as a tool uh, to um, manipulate and, you know, manipulate the system. And in fact, some of these attorneys are clearly either committing crimes with them knowingly or unwittingly. I mean, I think in I think in Georgia, for example, you're going to see people like Rudy Giuliani and others. I think they're going to be charged with crimes. You know, you know the the, the Midas brothers and and Popop will say MAGA stands for Make Attorneys Get Attorneys. You know, yeah. because you know they're either knowingly or unwittingly being used to commit crimes with him. And 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 that's that's why most lawyers I know wouldn't represent him because they're not going to they're not going to do that. Giuliani is uh, kind of a, uh, an example of how someone's fall from grace could be so very public. I mean, of course, he was revered. He was as New York mayor, right? He was, you know, I let me tell you something. I lived across the street from the World Trade Center and was home on 9/11. It was the scariest day of my life. And I remember how I felt for the next, for the, in the coming days and weeks and months. There was no better voice to hear or watch than Rudy Giuliani. I mean, he was America's mayor. And I was one of the people who just thought he was, you know, was so grateful for him. He led us through a very difficult, traumatic time in our nation's history. And I look at him now and I don't recognize, I, I don't know what has happened to him. He is, 
I, I think he may have, you know, dementia or something. Like, this is not the do same person. He was always drunk. that guy. Do you think, or do you think he has changed? Do you think it was a confidence drunk, really trick? You know, was he, a, was he, a, you know, I don't know much about his tenure as, as mayor other than, as you say, being, you know, taking control of the situation after 9-11 and, and, and giving a voice to, to New Yorkers. But... <laughs> You know, was there always corruption there? Was was there always that kind of bead of, of hair dye running down his face when he yeah. got into hot water? Was yeah, because he's It's a really good point. I have no idea. All I know is he's gone insane. <laughs> In, insane is it? Is, is an interesting word. I, I still think that his his press conference at Four Seasons Total Landscaping will go down as one of the great <laughs> moments in, in, in U.S. political history, not least when he was told that the networks had called the election for Joe Biden whilst he was talking. It was, it was uh, uh, one of those moments. Just finally, I know you're not into predictions, and nor am I, yeah. that's not what we do, but, you know... Where, how is this going to end? Because, you know, obviously this whole thing about Trump being arrested on Tuesday just was Trump in the same way that he was the only one who told people that Mar-a-Lago was being raided in the middle of the night. I mean, that came from Trump. It didn't come from the FBI. So will there be a moment when he's taken out in handcuffs or is this going to be done in a very kind of respectful and subtle way so as not to draw attention? Draw attention. It, normally would be done in a very respectful and subtle way. And that's how m these surrenders typ typically go. I've been involved in many, actually on both sides, as a prosecutor and now as a defense attorney. Walk in, the person, you know, it's not, it's, it's very non-dramatic, right? You go in, you get fingerprinted, you get photographed, you go to the judge. This is a non-violent crime, and so bail is not even going to be set. So there's, you don't have to worry about anything. You just go, you get arraigned, you plead not guilty, and you walk out the door. And that's it. You know, it's, it's actually not a big deal. Um, my prediction, though, is that he is going to make this a spectacle. If there's a perp walk, it's going to be because he perp walked himself. Yeah. You know, he's going to make this, he, he wants to be the victim, you know, of this, and he's going to milk this to the end. So I, I, as far as handcuffs and all of that, I have no idea that's going to be the Secret Service who, they're the ones who have to keep him safe. Um, they're going to decide exactly the mechanics of how this goes and when and where and how, what door he walks in and what other people are allowed in the building. I mean, don't forget this is a criminal court building filled with lots of people who have committed crimes and you but know he has to go to new york for this or, he has or, to go to new york for this yep so so would he have to be removed from mar-a-lago would they have to go and get him from florida and put him on a plane or would he have to surrender himself they're going to give him an opportunity to surrender and that's the best way to do it because don't forget law enforcement in new york don't have jurisdiction in florida they only have jurisdiction in new york so they can't actually arrest him or do anything i mean you know, I, I think to myself, he's going to announce the day that he's supposed to surrender, that he's going to say, I'm going to surrender, you know, because I'm, I have nothing to fear and I'm going to surrender. But, you know, his clarion call about, you know, violence and destruction and, and protests and death and whatever he said, what it, what's going to happen is he's going to definitely, he's going to tell them what day and time and his people are going to create a barrier so that he can't get out. 
and he's going to say, I, I would have surrendered. I was willing, but look at these patriots who don't want their president to leave. And then law enforcement's going to have to figure out what to do after that. Um, probably they'll just give it time to, for him to surrender. They'll figure out a way to get him out. Um, but I think he'll milk that for a day or two. And then uh, at some point he'll show up and, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't see it happening the other way, which is, you know, you apply for a governor's warrant and then with Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, who then goes and applies to Ron DeSantis in Florida for, you know, this for an extradition uh, warrant. And then he signs it and then he gets extradited. I mean, I don't see that whole thing happening here. Um, I think instead he's just going to turn this into a, a television spectacle because um, he loves that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for your prediction, for your expertise, and uh, it's certainly food for thought during this uh, kind of historic period, really, isn't it? And, I, and I'm pleased that it's the details of the crime that certainly in our conversation are what matters and not the fact that this is an unprecedented moment that seems to be the thing that the media is very keen to, to talk about. Uh, Karen uh, Friedman Agnifilo, thank you for joining us on The Weekend Show. Thank you for having me. I'm Anthony Davis. Please subscribe to The Weekend Show on YouTube or as an audio podcast. And don't forget to visit patreon.com slash five minute news for exclusive Patreon only videos, bonus content, live Q&As for members. So subscribe and get more of my work right there on Patreon. Join me next week with a brand new special guest and three more factual news stories to discuss on the 5-Minute News Weekend Show with Midas Touch. Which is race baiting, by the way.
other comments. Hi, little guy. Hi, my dear. How are you doing, sweet pea? Okay, um, <clears throat> let's see if there's, uh, hi, my love. Okie dokie, right wing media reaches new low as Trump crumbles 25 minutes ago. 17k views. I think people really, yeah, they want to hear. Waste so much time. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. One of the things we do here at the Midas Touch Network, of course, is to call out the right-wing media echo chamber that engages in this cult propagandist behavior that is so detrimental to our democracy. And as Donald Trump is on the verge of being criminally indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, and as Donald Trump's conduct grows even more desperate and more unhinged, if that's even possible, the right-wing echo chamber, the cult, mimics and mirrors the unhinged nature of Donald Trump. And so I want to show you first, this is from a network called Real America's Voices, and they have on this lady, and she talks about a letter that she sent to the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, where she compares Donald Trump to Jesus. Here, play this clip. An email, and I said, Dear Mr. Bragg, I hope you had a restful weekend and had some time to be on your knees praying to our God Almighty about your decision regarding our our precious, precious President Donald J. Trump. How would you like to be in his shoes? His torture brings to mind what Jesus Christ went through to save us. President Trump is our savior in this country. There's no one else who can make us whole and great again. Please do not continue to tarnish and persecute this precious, precious man. He is only a man. He is only human. And we are all human. Have forgiveness in your heart for all the damage that everyone has done to him. And please do not continue. Thank you. All right. What do you think, guys? And when you watch that, it is scary. I mean, it is sadistic. It is anti-American. I mean, we don't pick individuals here and our politicians uh, in that category of godly figures. That is the exact opposite, by the way, of what is enshrined in our Constitution and the separation of church and state. But more significantly, this idea of worshiping authoritarian emperor-style people is anathema to who we are uh, as a democracy here in the United States of America. But now we turn to Fox, and on Fox you have Laura Ingraham, and Laura Ingraham spends uh, a considerable portion of a segment like trying to speak to Donald Trump and to treat Donald Trump like a toddler and to explain to him what he needs to do to win. Meanwhile, this network, this propaganda, disgusting, fascist echo chamber known as Fox, has the audacity, and I believe illegally, to call itself news when it is the exact opposite of news. Like, what the heck is this? Play this clip. Now let's move on to campaign advice for President Trump. Now, if I were Trump and running his campaign, I'd strongly urge him to stop talking about 2020. It's over. Enough. 
marinating in old claims of election fraud will not win over a single voter in any state that he needs to win in 2024. And it gives DeSantis an opening to say, why take a chance on the guy who just complained after the fact about early voting and ballot harvesting instead of beating Biden on both fronts? And then Laura Ingraham just gives more of the same over here. Here, play this clip. So I'd suggest talk less about yourself, more about the American people. You met a lot of them. Voters don't want a replay of the greatest hits about Mueller or Adam Schiff, but they do want you to assemble the most talented advisors and probably best to treat them well. Surround yourself with givers, not takers. Serious policy people who know how to hit the ground running on day one. No more travel ban fiascos. Run a tight ship. And run against the Democrats, not the media. We all know the press is biased, you know, newsflash. Don't dwell on it, deal with it. And maybe, just maybe, drop the nicknames and the petty personal stuff. It was funny in 2016, and even in 2020, but I don't think it works with how serious the challenges are right now facing the country. I sense that the voters are weary of all of that stuff. So debate your opponents on the merits. You know the issues. You have a great record. Defend it. And then talking about this bizarre echo chamber, this fascist disinformation portal, vortex of disinfo, uh, if you will, here's a clip from uh, Newsmax, which DirecTV was uh, very happy to get back. DirecTV celebrated that they brought news back, Newsmax back. DirecTV said, we are happy to have a diversity of ideas with Newsmax. It's not about diversity of ideas, okay? Look, if you want to bring news back, Newsmax back because you support the disinformation that they spew and you want right-wing fascist media on your DirecTV, just say that, but do not talk about diversity of ideas and Newsmax in the same <laughs> sentence because Newsmax is laundering fraudulent, defamatory, fake, destructive, anti-democratic, anti-democracy ideas. That is what Newsmax is about. And so as Donald Trump threatened the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg um, and said that you will be met with death and destruction if I'm criminally charged, and then, by the way, um, Donald Trump's cult apparently responded because uh, Alvin Bragg received death threats. There were numerous uh, bomb threats called into the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which was traced to Russian uh, IP addresses. Mm -hmm. And then Alvin Bragg also received there a letter. Go. Fortunately, it was caught in the mail room that yeah, said, Alvin Bragg, I'm going to kill you, and had a white powdered substance in it. And it turned out to be a Duh. harmless substance. But nonetheless, the death threat well, was made after bird. Donald Trump's called Alvin Bragg total scum called Alvin Bragg an animal, posted a photo of himself with a baseball bat, and then the death threat uh, follows. And here what Newsmax is saying, though, is um, actually it may be a Democrat who sent it. Here, play this clip. Well, Biden's new bill is literally giving free electricity for life to Maricopa County homeowners. Now, I don't know about you, but my electric bill last month had me enraged. It was twice as much as usual. The utility company, SRP, are clearly price gouging Maricopa homeowners at a time when everyone is trying to be careful with their money. It's terrible. Thankfully, the state of Arizona and Maricopa County has responded to the utility companies in a big, big way. I am going to continue to fight. And here, what Newsmax is saying, though, is... 
Um, actually, it may be a Democrat who sent it. Here, play this clip. Oh well, of yeah. course, we, we, we don't know, but this is what... Yeah, we don't know what's behind it, who's behind it, what it was. It could be an agitator. It could even be a Democrat. Honestly, it could be somebody from Bragg. Hey, hashtag the justice DEPT. Why don't you charge? Mark. But, um, hey, I'm so tired of these, um, bar motherfuckers, basically. That stands for motherfuckers. As co-conspirators, uh, okay. So tired of these motherfuckers. Fox so-called news. Hey, the Justice Department, why don't you charge Fox as co-conspirators in the January 6th insurrection? As well as that 160 or so GOP traitors in our Congress. What the fuck have you been doing for the past two plus years? Fifteenth Amendment. Demand indictments for Trump and GOP traitors disqualification from holding holding public office under 14th Amendment. Thanks for doing your fucking job. Oh, what happened to it, man? Oh, wow, I have 97 subscribers on YouTube. Big fucking whoops. Oh, my God. What happened to it? Oh, shit. That just fucking disappeared. <sighs> Why do you people allow this shit?
okay, um, I don't know. Okay. Post. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the if it's the latter, right? Yeah. Look, again, Democrats run Hollywood. They know how to build scripts. They know how to plan things. And I don't want to. They run how to. TV, just say that, but do not talk about diversity of ideas and Newsmax in the same sentence because Newsmax is laundering fraudulent, defamatory, fake, destructive, anti democratic, anti democracy ideas. That is what Newsmax is about. And so, as Donald Trump threatened the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg um, and said that you will be met with death and destruction if I'm criminally charged. And then, by the way, um, Donald Trump's cult apparently responded because uh, Alvin Bragg received death threats. There were numerous uh, bomb threats called into the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which was traced to Russian uh, IP addresses. And then Alvin Bragg also received a letter. Fortunately, it was caught in the mail room that said, Alvin Bragg, I'm going to kill you, and had a white powdered substance in it. And it turned out to be a harmless substance, yeah. but nonetheless, the death threat was made oh, after God. Donald Trump's oh, called Alvin Bragg total scum, called Alvin Bragg an animal, posted a photo of himself with a baseball bat, and then the death threat the uh, follows. And here, what Newsmax is saying, though, is... Um, actually, it may be a Democrat who sent it. Here, play this clip. Well, of yeah. course, we, we, we don't know, but this is what yeah, we don't know what's behind it, who's well, behind it, what it was. It could be with an them. agitator. It could even exactly. be a Democrat. It, honestly, it could be, it's, it could it's be somebody that. from Bragg Office. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, not the, if it's the latter, right? Yeah. Look, again, Democrats run Hollywood. They know how to build scripts. They know how to plan things. And I don't want to... They run how to create conspiracy, right? And that's the thing. These right-wing echo chambers are reaching new lows to depths of depravity that are far below the depths Gotta that I think any of us could there. have even comprehended. So here's what we do. Fucking the exhausted majority, we can be exhausted no more because these right-wing fascist forces are clearly working in overdrive right now yeah. to try to spread this disinformation yeah. and hate. So we have to combat it with the truth. That is exactly what we're doing here on the Midas Touch Network, and you are a major part of that. You are the solution, so we need you to spread these videos and talk to friends and family members and coworkers and colleagues and spread the truth. View the Midas Touch YouTube channel and our network as an educational tool to show people, watch this, watch what's going on, look at the court filings. You know, we read from the court filings. We read the, the statements that are being made by the people. We show what's being said in their own words because our democracy is precious. And I know these right-wing echo chamber media sources for profit, for Putin, for cult behavior, for whatever their reasons are, want to destroy this beautiful democracy we have here. But like you, I love our country. I love 
the United States of America. I love our Constitution. And it's not for me about waving a Constitution or waving a flag. You know, it to me, it is about the conduct that you engage in. It is not about performative BS. You can show your love for the country by doing things that show that you love and support this country, like supporting our democracy each and every day. And that's what we all do here. That's what you do. That's what the Midas Mighty movement that you are a part of is all about. So thank you so much. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1 million subscribers thanks to your incredible support. So please hit subscribe. Also, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. Also, wherever you get audio podcasts, just search Midas Touch Podcast. Download the Midas Touch Podcast there. And now again, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Until next time, I'm Ben Mycellus. Love this video? Then you'll love the Midas Touch Podcast. Listen as my brothers and I break down the latest news and chat with top political leaders on the fastest growing pro-democracy podcast in the world. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. Add the Midas Touch Podcast right now wherever you listen to your podcasts. Fox News panel melts down after host destroys Jared Kushner on live TV. Four hours ago, right on. So people on the right or right-leaning independents, people who don't like Biden, are going to say this is the worst corruption we've ever seen. Then people that I talk to all the time, Democrats, are saying, are you kidding me? These are the same things. People are trading on their family's names. Jared Kushner. She was a Jared person. Kushner made two billion dollars off of the Saudis. Oh, that's gonna hurt. Fox <laughs> Voice of Sanity Jessica Tarlov is back making the Midas Mighty say. This time providing some much needed context during that mm -hmm. roundtable screaming show on Fox News. Brightest tools and they're not flashlights. <laughs> Which can be in a tool. The sharpest shed. tool. Sharpest they're not the sharpest tool. The sharpest tool, the sharpest the tool in the swimming pool. You could not pay me to sit through that. Now, after her colleagues made comments regarding the Biden family allegedly leveraging their last name for gain, Palov and most of us aware of recent history thought, well, doesn't that sound familiar? This weekend, we got new details on how Jared Kushner and the ex-president benefited from Saudi money since leaving the White House. Kushner, who had cozy relations with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, and led the push for his father-in-law to prioritize a relationship with the Saudis, including making it the first foreign trip, received $2 billion from a fund chaired by the Crown Prince known as MBS. And so she decided to inform her colleagues to which the screaming stopped. And that's always a telling sign. So people on the right or right-leaning independents, people don't like Biden, are going to say this is the worst corruption we've ever seen. Then people that I talk to all the time, Democrats, are saying, are you kidding me? Ivanka Trump getting, you know, double-digit number of patents from the Chinese. Uh, what goes on at Trump International? Patents Jared Kushner. For, for product. Oh, for product. Okay, so what was your Hunter product again? Yeah. What? His consult. His he what? Got, his what? He was his what? advising. They, advising what? what, what are you advising? Okay, so listen, I, I have nothing against Ivanka's <laughs> shoes. They're fine, I guess. I, ha I haven't worn them, okay. but... These are the same things. People are trading on their family's names. Jared Kushner. She was a Jared person. Kushner made two billion dollars off of the Saudis. Steve Mnuchin made a million dollars, a billion dollars as well. They're 
if you are thinking about this objectively, you do know how it ends up. And unless they draw a straight line that Joe Biden was padding his own bank account exactly. from this, it will not matter. It will be a witch hunt about families just airing dirty laundry, and it will not matter to voters. Which sounds familiar, right? Well, only because those are the terms that you use for yeah. that. But Now, this isn't the first time over the past week that a point has been made in regards to Jared Kushner and the billions he raked in from the Saudis in the wake of Trump's presidency. I mean, this is the central thing. We're talking about people who are in government, who hold high office, who are responsible for a specific policy jurisdiction here, Middle Eastern foreign policy, then coming back with a $2 billion investment in a private equity fund from Saudi Arabia. And those cent billions actually became a form of defense when former Trump aide Kellyanne Conway was pressed on the matter. A lot of discussion during the Trump White House years that uh, there was collusion with Russia, there were massive investigations, millions of dollars spent, and always the question, you know, what what is what are they getting in return? So do you have the same question for the Biden family when you look at this money transaction? What was China getting in return? Is that something Americans must know? Well, it, it, we haven't established, uh, Congresswoman May said to you when you asked the question directly, Martha, have you established a connection between this money going to uh, Hunter Biden's, uh, to Bo Biden's widow and the Chinese? And she said, well, we're going to continue investigating. But she can't say there's any time. I can't say there's any time. Uh, what we have is a check to a widow from someone who was paid by the Chinese with no context. We don't know what this money was for. In fact, the same person had sent checks to her before there was any payment from the Chinese. Uh, it seems to me like, you know, when you mentioned what's going on with the Trump administration, you would, I think Jamie Raskin is onto this as well. The congressman from Maryland's on the committee saying, you know, why aren't we investigating uh, the Trump accounting firms? Or why don't you look into things like Jared Kushner getting $2 billion directly from the Saudis after former President Trump bragged about protecting the Saudi prince? We just don't know, but I think this is a thin veil uh, for the fact that, you know, for after all this investigation and talk about Hunter Biden, the committee's come up with zero, with nothing. And they got the laptop, they got this, that, nothing. Kellyanne, is that, is that a fair question about Jared? Well, uh, Jared, of course, is the only person I think who's benefited in the billions with a B from the Trump presidency, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, look, I think what about is an issue. highlighted the hypocrisy of anyone who supports the Trump administration suddenly being outraged about family members leveraging their name. So whatever people want to talk about in terms of, well, what should the family members of presidents be doing who are not in the government, that strikes me as quite secondary to this central problem that we've got to deal with. And there's no running away from it. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. Why aren't you investing in real estate? Seriously, what do you do? own property in 2023. Look, I get it. You might even be thinking right now, well, it's not just because I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars just sitting around doing nothing. Okay, that's right, right? But just for a second, I want you to think what a second stream of income could do for you and your family. Real strategies that normal people like you and I could actually do. And I'm not talking about some private jet or a vacation home on a beach.
anybody knows like a gay couple? Gay white dudes. I got a pair of gay white roosters for you. <clears throat> I wanted to pull up on that. You know, they were kind of noisy, my chickens. No said billion. A product. Okay, so what was the Hunter product again? Yeah. What? His consult. His he what? Got, his what? He was what? advising. Advising. What? what, what are you 